sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. share a word of prayer. Father, your word says that unto you shall the gathering of the people be. We have gathered unto you and unto your throne. Grace, pray that you speak to our hearts. Let your word be spirit and life as they come out of these lips of clay. Cleanse these lips, O God. Use them for your glory and for your purpose. May your name be lifted up may you draw us unto yourself thank you for the grace to minister Holy Spirit thank you for all your help I rely solely and completely on you thank you for answered prayer in Jesus name Amen, Amen. Hallelujah please take your seats praise the Lord well I just spoke to Bishop before coming here And so I thank daddy for release. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And um, I thought that I had sent him a text after the pajama night to tell him that it was really good and God had been gracious. But he said he didn't receive the text. I'm sure it's still working in the earth. So he was asking me, so how did it go? I said, the Lord was gracious. And the Lord keeps being gracious. And he sends all his love. Amen. Amen. I told you that he's a good child minder. So he was with little Paula trying to organize her from after school. Amen. Amen. So those of you who say you are learning and you are following. learn and follow well. Amen. So I thank God for this this privilege of being here. And I also thank my husband, the bishop, for all his support, his love, his inputs. And I also want to salute the territorial powers in this area. I want to salute Bishop Ai. And his anointed and lovely wife. You know, Lady Pastor Linda is a strong engine behind daughter. You can make it. But you wouldn't know that, you know. Strong and powerful engine. So Lady Pastor Linda, we thank God for your life. For your input all these years. 
I also want to thank Reverend Joe, Lady Pastor Erica, and all the pastors, the shepherds, and every one of you for being here. Amen. And we want to greet the territorial pastor, Pastor Gustav, Reverend, Reverend Gustav. in this area. Amen. We can already feel your presence. Now you said that we should eat Yorkshire pudding so we are waiting for a treat from you. <laughs> Even if you know the recipe, it will be a miracle. Amen. I thought the choir did so well. The choreography was beautiful. God's hand has been on everything, and we give him thanks for that. Amen. Now I want to continue teaching on something I've been teaching on. I started at the Kodesh, and it's about the curse of carnality. The curse of carnality. Amen. Now, what does it mean to be carnal? There are things that we do that are natural, but are not necessarily carnal. Amen. Some things are natural. How somebody in this nature, somebody with a vessel of clay would behave, and it's the natural man. But when you allow the natural things and then the things of the flesh to dominate you, then you become a carnal woman. Amen. So another title you can give to this message is, Daughter, Don't Be Carnal. Amen. And many of us are carnal and not spiritual. And sometimes when you talk to people, they say, ah, a lady reverend, what I'm saying is true. What I'm saying is natural. So why are you saying that I'm being carnal? Do you understand? But it is because we allow that nature to dominate us. And the Bible is saying that it is something that we should not allow to happen. The word carnal means pertaining to or characterized by the flesh or the body. It's passions and appetites, sensual, carnal pleasures, not spiritual, merely human, temporal, worldly, secular, with carnal leanings. This one is not a... A biblical dictionary. It's just a dictionary. And it's describing all these things. And because we live in a world where the, the, what is not visible, the invisible dominates the visible, then we also have to learn how to be spiritual women and not carnal. Amen. Amen. Now, how will we know if we are carnal? Because sometimes you are carnal 
but you feel that you are spiritual. We think that spirituality is being busy in the house of God. We think that spirituality is writing lay people in the ministry and passing. We think that spirituality is maybe singing in the choir. We think that spirituality is looking sanctimonious when you are praying. But all that may not be spirituality. Amen. Amen. There are certain marks of carnality. So you may even be a Christian, but you may be carnal. Amen. Amen. Can you handle that? Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Are you there? Now, this is Paul speaking to the people in the church. And he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto were you not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Verse 3. For ye are yet carnal, for, us there's, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Now Paul was writing not to strangers, not to people who had not given their lives to Christ, because he says, and I, brethren, brethren means my brothers and my sisters. Amen. Amen. Brethren means people who have one father and they are brethren. Therefore, we all have God as our father. And he says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. The first sign of a carnal woman or a carnal person is that you cannot speak to the person about spiritual things. When you speak about spiritual things, the person will start yawning. When you speak about spiritual things, the person will say, Hey, Sister Spiri. When you speak about spiritual things, the person will say, Are you the only one? You think you are the only one going to heaven. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. The carnal woman cannot be spoken to. Amen. And not only can she not be spoken to, she cannot be spoken to about spiritual things. And you can still speak to her, but so far as you talk about carnal things, the person will flow. But when you talk about spiritual things, oh, the Lord gave me a vision last night when I slept. As for you, every day you are seeing something. That's why you every day you say you have seen a vision or you are. When you are speaking unto, uh, not unto King James. When you are speaking to the person and the person shares something with you and you say, you know, the Bible says the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace. So let's not walk in, eh, you are the only one who knows the Bible. Don't come and preach to me here. I didn't come for you to preach to me. 
And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. When somebody is carnal, she comes alive when you talk about carnal things. When you talk about the latest hairdresser, where you had your hair made, your lips, your tips, and your hips, the person will flow with such things. When you talk about things that don't make the person uncomfortable spiritually, the person will flow with you. I mean, we have such a drive for things that are carnal. If we, a sister sees a skirt that she likes, she will ask you, she will wait for you after church. So I wanted to see you. Please, where did you get the skirt? Please, where did you do your hair? Please, where did you whatever? But you never ask. That scripture that you shared, please, how can I find more verses? Please, how can I grow more? Please, how can I know this? There's no such thing. Your drive, your energy, your zeal comes alive when carnal things are under discussion. Where did you buy that powerful packaged jollof rice? Not where did you get that powerful CD? Where did you get that powerful message? There's no such thing. Come and tell me, how did you get your beloved? Is it true that you have broken up? Is it true that since you broke up, he has now gone for who? Jolinda? Or Freaky Frida? Or Jumping Jonathan? All your conversations, we cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual. And when I meet people, it's not even intentional, but sometimes they may even be pastors' wives. But when I'm sharing anything to do with the things of the spirit, I can see that they want to sleep or they want to, you know. And I say, oh, God really, you know, impressed this upon me and did this and did that. And I think that God is saying that this, eh, uh, that's fine. Is Bishop in town? Has he come? Eh, did you go to this person's party? Did you whatever, whatever? And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. There are certain people you must never go to when you have a problem. They don't have any spiritual solution. All their solutions are carnal. And carnality starts from the heart. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Paul says, I could not. Can you imagine? The Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But when it comes to carnality, he said, I could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babies. So when you are carnal, nothing mature can be shared with you. When you are preaching, you give a window, you, you have another mind about what is being said. When somebody shares a problem, they say, she said her husband is very bad. In fact, they are having a lot of problems. She was just saying that she has a challenge in her marriage. But it doesn't mean that 
everything is bad. But because you are a baby, you know, we cannot even share certain things with you. Because you cannot understand and you cannot receive. Verse 2. I have fed you with milk. The carnal woman cannot chew bones. The carnal woman cannot eat meat. Everyday milk. Everyday milk. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Now, Jesus said to his disciples that there are certain things I have to share with you, but I'll not share it now because you can't bear it. The carnal woman is just used to milk and not strong meat and stays at the same place spiritually and cannot grow because Apostle Paul says that hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither now. Are you able? You have been a Christian for many years. But we can't share certain things with you. You are still not able to bear certain things. The level of your endurance or what you can bear shows how spiritual or carnal you are. Amen. Amen. If you have walked with God for some time and you have a certain kind of depth, certain things can be shared with you. And you will still hold up and not lose your faith. But if you are carnal, every day it has to be milk. Things that are light to take in. Milk, you don't have to chew. You just swallow. You don't have to do a lot of work to even prepare it. Usually when you come to the world, your mother has milk already. It just flows. You know? But even in our natural development, you have what you call milk teeth. And you are supposed to progress from that to permanent teeth. Why? So that you can chew on certain things. But sometimes we are just growing physically. But spiritually, you were not able to bear certain things. Now that now, are you able? You cannot be rebuked. When you are rebuked, you just freak out. Because everything must be pleasant. Everything must be easy. Everything must be easy for you to digest. Anytime the word of God doesn't go your way, you have something else to say. It's not every time that the word of God is pleasant bread. Sometimes it breaks us down. Sometimes it makes us have to chew hard. You may even break your teeth. But that is growing in the things of God. The Bible says that preach the word in season and out of season. And then it says rebuke, exhort and reprove with all long suffering and doctrine. But some of us, we just want exhortation. We don't want any rebuke. We don't want any reproof, which is correction. And the scripture is inspired for reproof, correction, and different kinds of things so that the man of God will be perfect. But we don't want that. Can you be rebuked? Or every time it has to be praised. How to be happy in your marriage how to flourish, how to... We shouldn't preach about going into all the world and preach the gospel. We shouldn't preach about we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We shouldn't preach about visions and dreams. You can't handle it. Everything must be easy. The carnal woman cannot take hard things. The Bible says strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have exercised their minds 
to descend between good and evil. The reason why you come to the place where you can descend between good and evil is because by reason of use. When you become used to the Holy Spirit, when you become used to the voice of God and obeying it, it helps you to grow. And then naturally you are able to descend between good and evil. The carnal woman. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Any gathering that is spiritual, you don't want to spend anything towards it. But if you are going to buy a dress and it's 100 pounds, you will buy it. But when it's a conference and they say, register 25, nya, 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 the carnal woman. You cannot speak unto us unto spiritual. Ever. Ever. Nothing spiritual. If you are a woman, you want to know how spiritual you are. Look in the handbag you often carry. Look in your car. What are the things that are there? Some of us just make a bag, mascara, lip gloss, things to cover up your flaws. There's no CD in your car. There's no Bible in your car. There's nothing in your bag. If something happens, your bag gets scattered here. There's nothing in it that's spiritual. Everything is carnal. Everything in your house is carnal. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. You see, sometimes when I'm speaking to people like this brother I was telling, that this sister is a work in progress, take your time. She doesn't even know God properly. Before she will stand on it to marry you. Do you see? And you are this uh, 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 great pastoral person. And I'm saying that this, these two, it's not time. If you marry her, there will be a lot of problems, both for you and for her. So take your time. Then you have gone to tell her that, hey, sister, mommy says you are this. And then the person to rises up and just writes a letter anyhow. So you may be a pastor, but when it comes to certain things, I cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual. I have to speak unto you as unto carnal. I told you once, a, a, a pastor's wife came to me and said, Sister Mami, how do you survive? You know, I can relate to you because my husband is also overseeing so many churches. And so how do you, how do you carry on? And I said, it's the grace of God. And she said, well, that's one. Everybody said, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that in reality, what, what is it that practically, practically, what is it that you do? What, what carries you? And I said, it is the grace of God. She said, oh, but we are all the grace of God. I said, it's not true. It's not true that we are all whatever because Paul sought God about his problem. And then God gave him a revelation that my grace is sufficient for you. So there's sufficient grace for wherever you have been called to. So don't say, and sometimes some pastor's wives call me. I mean from not necessarily the church here. And then they say to me, and this problem, and he did this, and he did that, and he did that. One of them, she spoke for a long time, and I said, do you pray about your problems? Hmm. You see this man, the way he's behaving. This, uh, I said, do you pray about your problems? said, I mean, hmm, you've been speaking about retreat and things. I have to learn this thing. I have to learn how, you know, 
But it's not easy. You see, the way he behaves, and I said, I'm not saying it's easy. But I'm saying that, have you sought a spiritual way? First of all, the first thing is to see God's face. Because the Bible says the heart of the king is in God's hands. And he turns it with us wherever he will. Only God can turn the heart of the person who rules you. You know? So I'm asking whether you have prayed. And every time, you don't even answer the question. You're always just telling me what has happened, how the things are getting worse, whatever. I cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. I pray that you'll be delivered from carnality. Verse 3. For ye are yet carnal. For us there's among you envying and strife and divisions. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? Verse 4. For while one saith I'm of Paul and another I'm of Apollos, are ye not carnal and walk as men? If you want to know whether you are carnal, look at your relationships. Is there strife in most of your relationships? Is there envying? Is there divisions? You would think you are very spiritual because you are able to see visions. In fact, you even see God. But Paul said about the Corinthians, you come behind in no gift. So being gifted is different from being spiritual or carnal. Hallelujah. And we cannot say about ourselves that we come behind in no gift. The Corinthians come behind in no gift. You know, but in the midst of it, there's a lot of carnality. So whereas there's strife. Some people, you cannot speak to them without offending them. Everything, they're offended about it. You see, nowadays... (laughs) When I preach, I'm a little bit more careful because it's played on radio in Ghana. And so many people listen. So it's not anymore in-house. Do you understand? So I'm even careful about my windows these days. So a few weeks ago, a message was playing. I think it was about strife. And I gave a very classic example. But the example was so wild that the person would know that it's here. Because I mentioned the event. I said, we're having this in church. And then these people came. I mentioned the people, they came. And then the person said, oh, but if you are this, this. So I called Lady Pastor BM. I said, my God, this woman is listening because she tells me every Saturday I listen to you. And I'm so blessed. So what am I going to do? And now PBM said, well, the word is the word. So I said, ah. But it's not like that. You can't say that and just... But this woman is a chief whatever of strife. She has quarreled with everybody. Everybody. She has an issue with everybody. She's putting right everybody. And then I just... My husband always says, this woman is always blowing a beast with people. How come she's not able to blow a beast with you? I said, because I don't even make myself beastable. He said, how is that? I said, oh, I just smile. How are you? How is it? Whatever she says, I don't respond. I mean, she says, hey, are you people these days? Whatever, whatever. It's like water off a duck's back. You know, and it just goes off. But 
constant strife and yet very spiritual. Every time she has seen a vision. Oh, I was just praying for you. And the Lord was saying that this, may the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine. I've been interceding for you, Bishop. But big time quarrels, always. Always. And the quarrels don't know uh, age. Do you understand? The superannuated, the non-superannuated, all of them. They are inside her quarrel. So whereas there's strife, strife, every time you are striving over something, every time somebody has said something you didn't like, it's not a perfect world. Amen. Amen. And people will continually step on your toes. And people will continually rub you the wrong way. But does it generate strife? If it does, then you are a carnal woman. And most of us ladies, we are specialists in strife. Even strife in the home. And one of the deceptions is we feel that if we are right, then strife is justified. Do you understand? If he hadn't behaved like this, I also wouldn't be angry. But because he behaves like this. But it is not because of the person. It is because of Christ. So it doesn't matter whether the facts are true, they are right, whatever. So far as you enter into strife, are ye not carnal? Are ye not carnal? And live as men. Every time, sometimes even strife with your children and your husband combined. There's no peace at home. Most of the environments in homes depend on women. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 verse 1, homes are made by the wisdom of women. And destroyed by their foolishness. So what the home will be depends on you. And you bring so much strife in the home. Everything you have to correct it. If God were to deal with you like that, will you stand? Everything he has to correct it. You did this today. You did that today. You did that. That becomes an accusation. But God sometimes just overlooks. And says, oh, you will grow. You will come to. You will be okay. Do you see? But you don't, you are not that gracious to other people. Whereas there is strife. And you don't leave the strife in your household. You carry it to the church of God. When you join the choir, there is strife. You get angry. You say, now you are going to follow up. Follow up to the strife. You get angry. You say, you are going to what? Beautiful feet. Now until your feet are turned out of the way. Every time you are going from here to there. Because of strife. You are disgruntled. You are dissatisfied. Discontented. Every day you have the latest gossip. And this pastor did this. And this pastor passed it. Do you know why you have time? Because you never evangelize. So your evangelism is in the area of strife. And we can divide churches big time. Nobody will know. We are very, very good at that. You know, and sometimes we don't even report things openly. We just say, hmm. Uh, nowadays, I hear that this, eh, how did you hear? Uh, me, I don't want to say anymore. You have said more than more. Whereas there's strife and bitter envying. Envying. Are you not carnal? And walk as men. 
the, the temperature of your relationships shows whether you are spiritual or you are carnal. You need spiritual mindedness to be able to flow with people. You need spiritual mindedness to be able to flow with all sorts of people, especially in the church of God. All sorts, all sorts of behavior, all sorts of manifestations, and still the Lord does not expect you to freak out. Some of you, you have not spoken to certain people in the church for ages. Yet you come, you receive communion and everything. You lift up your hands. Bible says, therefore, let us lift up holy hands without wrath everywhere. But you, the hands that you lift, there's wrath, there's anger, there's bitterness, and you are lifting up those hands. I don't think it's even a blessing to you. Strife. Envy. When they choose somebody to be the lead this, you are envious. Envy. The Bible says, as for envy, jealousy is greater than the grave. It's stronger. And then when we say you are envious, say, of what? What does she have that I don't have? What does she do that I don't have? But you are envious. So far as you cannot celebrate somebody, when the person is doing well or in the limelight and you are not, when the person is praised and you are not, and you are not able to celebrate that person, are you not carnal and walk as men? There's something wrong with you. Because John the Baptist... He was able to celebrate Jesus. People were rather bringing ideas. How can he be baptizing your own disciples? Everybody has left you and gone to him. John, how do you feel? Whatever, but because he was a spiritual person, he said he must increase, but I must decrease. And a man can receive nothing except to be given of him from God. So the way to overcome envy, strife, division is to buy into God's mind. The way John the Baptist did. I tell you, if I were John the Baptist, I would not be as amused because I came first and I'm not made the savior, but I'm made a forerunner. Do you understand? Yeah. We are all waiting before God. My husband is a high priest. He's Zechariah, and I am of the tribe of Abijah. We are all very holy, blameless before God. And we, we have been married for many years. We are old. We don't have a child. Then you bring us John the Baptist. And you, don't, and you bring him first. Instead of making him the savior, you make him a forerunner. Why do you give me a servant as a child when Jesus was there? That you go and give him to Mary, who doesn't even have a husband? Me, I have a stable family. Stable family life. And you are rather taking the child to go and give to Mary, who is 16 or so. He's, uh, she's engaged. Jacob, uh, Joseph, if he wants to leave her, funny situation, and you give her Jesus. And not only that, when she comes to visit me, the child in her is so holy that the baby in my womb begins to leap. Eh? And then I'm able to say, blessed are you amongst women. Am I not a woman? Am I also not a woman? How can I say you are blessed amongst women? When I am a woman, it means you are higher than me. I can't take it. But if we can accept what God does in our lives, and we can accept that it's still great, whatever God does. Because Jesus said, of all born of women, there's no greater than John the Baptist. 
Do you understand? So you are great, but because you want to be something else, envying and strife come in. You see people, they are happily married, and they're like, eh, it's just outward. It's not real. When they go home, you, you don't know. Oh, envy, envy, envy. You don't like it when somebody's husband loves her. It's an issue for you. You don't like it. Say, me, you are in church. Stop holding hands and you are in church. Hey. It's not the being in church. It's paining you big time. Whereas the strife and envying. Strife. Strife comes about because of offense. And the Bible says it is but impossible that offenses shall come. Offenses are part of life. You see, you want to go to some prophet to receive, but there are lots of prophecies in the Bible. For instance, they that shall marry shall have trouble in the flesh. It's a prophecy. Receive it. <laughs> but you don't want to receive that prophecy. You know? But it's a prophecy, and then it says that it is but impossible but that offenses shall come. So instead of expecting it, say, how can they behave like that? Were they not Christian? But it's a prophecy. That as for offenses, it is part of life, and it will always come. But it's how you respond to it. That's what's going to make the difference. Amen. Some people can flow with people who are superior in authority to them. And people who are their subordinates, but they cannot flow with their peers. So one day we had a meeting, a lady pastor's meeting somewhere. And then the people were speaking, and they told one of the ladies, You, you don't flow with any lady pastor here. All your friends are shepherds because you need people to rule. But when the relationship is at this level, you know, parallel, you cannot. So they me. How? When? Say, every time we go somewhere for a camp or whatever, you are paired up with lady pastors, you pick your bag and you go and sleep with the shepherd. You go and share a room with the shepherd. That's how you are. And then by the grace of God, she said, oh, if you said so, I will look. And they gave her many examples. And she found out that it was true. And I think that by the grace of God, she has really changed. Whereas there's strife. And bitter envy, you know. She just doesn't feel comfortable with her peers. She has to get somebody to rule over or to be ruled over. But beyond that, she can't flow with anybody. So maybe to your superiors, you are so great. But your peer level, it doesn't work, you know. And at various meetings, so many revelations have come up. At another meeting, one person said that you, every time you see me, you never greet me. If when I'm standing with my husband, you will not greet me. You will just pass by and whatever. And the lady said, well, that's why I gave you a present as Christmas. It was to soften the ground. <laughs> so it was true. But now, as she acknowledged the healing has come, she invited them for lunch. And it's a healthy, real healthy relationship. So strife can be averted. Whereas the strife and bitter envying and divisions, are ye not carnal? And walk as men. Amen. Amen. Please get, take us to the next verse. 
For while one saith I'm of Paul, and another I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? You have brought political parties into the church. Politics shows that you are a carnal person. You have brought labor and then the Tories, the conservatives. You have brought Lib Dems and BMP, all of them, into the church. And if somebody is for this, he's not for this. If somebody flows with this, he doesn't flow with this. And Paul says that when you have all those divisions, are you a carnal woman? And I pray that tonight you will become spiritual in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The carnal woman also fights after the flesh. Oh, I tell you. The carnal woman fights after the flesh. Second Corinthians chapter 10, I believe it is. Reading from verse 3. For though we war, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Amen. Casting down one, imaginations. Number two, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Number three, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Now, the carnal woman fights after the flesh. But Paul is saying here that though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And let's just go to 1 Timothy 1.18. It will show us something. 1 Timothy 1.18. And come back to this verse. Okay? 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. A carnal woman has carnal weapons of slander, gossip, flattery, lies, anger, wrath, Backbiting, revenge, these are all carnal weapons in your arsenal. You have them and you use them as ammunition to fight. But Paul is telling Timothy here that one of the things that you can make good warfare with is the prophecies that have gone on before you. So some weapons are spiritual weapons like prophecies. And he says that I'm reminding you I commit this charge to you according to the prophecies that have been said about you that you are a great man of God. God has invested a lot with you, in you. You are going to do exploits that by them, by the prophecies that have been said over your life, by them, thou mightest war a good warfare. Now when I look at Jesus' life, I look at John the Baptist's life, they had all received great prophecies. 
The Bible says, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. These are things that have been said about him. Now, when he was going on in his ministry, people doubted all the things that have been said about him. God, through his angel, told Mary, that which is in you shall be called holy, for he shall save his people from their sins, and he shall bring a light of revelation to the Gentiles and all that. But whenever he ministered, he said, who are you? Are you not Joseph's son? Are you not this? Are you not that? But in order to wage a good warfare and still stay on track and still become what God wants you to become, you must remember the things that God has said concerning you, the prophecies, and you must stand on them to wage a good warfare. But many of us, we have bad warfare, bad. And I realized, you know, if you listen to Identity Crisis, which I preached at Afro Daughter, you realize that it doesn't matter what God has said about you. People will question who you are and God's call on your life. Because when the angel came to Zechariah, he told him about John the Baptist's destiny. When Zechariah's tongue was loosed, he said, And you, child, shall go before the Most High to prepare the way. And yet, people were still sent to John. Are you the one who is to come? Who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you one of the prophets? Or are you the, the, the Messiah himself? Always trying to change your identity. In spite of all the prophecies that have gone on before you. But if you are to become what God wants you to become, then take what God says concerning you as a prophecy and use that to make good warfare instead of using carnal weapons like politics, backbiting, favor, licking of boots, passing here, doing this. Politics. And politics don't last. You see? When sometimes people come and share things with me, I said, look, by the grace of God, I have been in this ministry for some time. And I'm telling you that. Just keep your eyes on Jesus and let your heart be sound before God. But as for people, how they are moving, whatever, oh, today they are there, tomorrow it's finished. Some people look so powerful. Like Haman. It's like their time will never end. You know, he's sending letters to the Jews. They should be killed. Everything should be taken away from them. Then the king says, hey man, I even want you to have more authority. Take my ring. And everything that you put your seal on is, is finished. And then Mordecai is there. He's not bowing. Hey man can't just stand him. And it looks impossible. But anything that is not of God will come down with time. Anything that is not of God comes down with time. But that which the Father has his hand on, it stays forever. Amen. What are your weapons? When you have to wage war, when you have to confront a situation, when you have to fight something, what weapons do you use? For it says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. But most of us women, we war after the flesh. Fully. As you are facing your husband, he's going into the next room. He I'm talking to you. And I'm telling you that. This thing that you did. And he's not listening. And you are still following him. And I'm telling you that. Unless you change, I will this, that, 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 that. 
You are using carnal weapons. You should speak. But when the speaking is bouncing back to you, something must tell you that you must change your battle strategy. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Somebody, some of you, your war is tears. You use your tears to manipulate every situation. And things are still not changing. You know, Delilah used her tears as a weapon. She would cry, Samson, you don't care about me. That's why you're not telling me your secret. Samson, and the fool that Samson was. He fell for that. Carnal weapons. Some of you, you think that you will get a good husband by your makeup. And by your dressing. It's good to look good, but that should not be the basis of the relationship. You are fighting the situation of singlehood, but from the wrong perspective. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. But you, you war after the flesh. See, my mother-in-law doesn't like me. I also don't like her. Period. The Bible says, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. The carnal woman fights all her battles or most of her battles with carnal means. She does not use prayer to fight. She does not use the word, which is the sword of the spirit, to fight. I mean, if Jesus, the king of kings, used the word of God to fight in his time of temptation, why do you think that's where you can use the phone to fight? And he did this and he did that. 50 things that he has done wrong and they are all true too. <laughs> but when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan came, he was tempted. And Satan said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Many of us would even have seen Satan as an angel of light. Hey, this is a revelation. How did he know there's bread that I need? Oh, Jehovah Jireh. He's really my provider. But Jesus, who is the word, spoke the word. He said, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So I may be hungry 40 days first. You, you're two days, you feel like eating bread. How much more 40 days? At the time when what your body needs is what Satan is offering you. How do you overcome that? How did he overcome it? By speaking the word. How can you speak the word if you will not meditate on the word? The Bible says the word of God is the sword of the spirit. But you, your sword is your sharp tongue. Your sword is your rudeness. Your sword is your sarcasm. But the sword of the spirit that really destroys the enemy, is the word of God. When you are fighting things that you are afraid of, when you are fighting things that you are overwhelmed by, when you are fighting a future that you don't seem to know about, what is the sword of the spirit that you can use? You can use Jeremiah 29, 11. 
For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And as you are walking, you see, we are bombarded every day with things by Satan. So you need to learn to speak like Jesus. That he knows the plans he has for me. He knows the plans he has for me. Plans of prosperity and not of disaster. To give me a future and to give me a hope. I have a future. Eh, how do you have a future? You're investing this thing didn't work. You, your funding didn't work. You're, how do you have a future? Because he says so. Because he says so. So to give you a future and to give you a hope. And to bring you to the expected end. Now he didn't say that you know the plans he has for you. He said he knows. You don't know. He didn't say you know. You don't know. And sometimes you look at things, they are so hopeless. Sometimes I do some marriage counseling. They are so hopeless. It's like, can any life come out of these ashes? Can anything good come out of this? Everything is spoiled. And some of the people ask me, did you even trust is broken? There's no openness. Everything is broken. Everything is finished. What can I work with? What can I work with? And those are the times when some of the verses have come. She says that I will make you a river in the wilderness. I will make a highway even in the wilderness where no one passes. And rivers in the deserts. Rivers said, behold, I do a new thing. And I said, Lord, how are you going to do this? I do it, not you. I. So now just become a child and just leave yourself. It's hopeless, it's finished, but entrust yourself to me. And I will bring it to pass. He didn't say we. He said I. He didn't say you and your family. He said I. It is written. It is written. And Paul said, and taking unto you the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I thank God that he told us. Otherwise, we would have given him different sorts of what the sword of the spirit is. But he said, which is the word of God? The word of God is your sword. Now, many of us, we don't even have the sword. Or if we have it, we don't draw it. When it's time to draw it, we don't draw it. And therefore, other things become your weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And even whether you know that we are in a warfare is also another issue. Some of you, instead of wearing the armor, you are wearing tennis clothes, tennis. <laughs> Some of you, instead of wearing the armor, you are wearing golf shoes and golf caps. You are joking. There are jokes in your eyes. You are not aware that you are in any battle. So when I say the weapons are not kind of, eh, you think that even the weapons are cutlery, cutlery. Your weapons are cutlery, not weapons, cutlery. Disposable knife, thank you. The carnal woman does not war after the spirit. She wars after the flesh. Sometimes things have come my way that have been so overwhelming that I've had to go away out of Accra to a place just, just to see God's face. Just to find strength for something. And as I'm there, the Lord speaks to me. Sometimes you need a miracle. You need healing for a member of the family or something. You just go to the hospital and they just give you a report. What weapon will you use? What weapon will you use? 
One of the things God has taught me is that even with healing, his mercy brings healing. Why do I say that? Because when the Syrophoenician woman came to him, and then she was asking him, heal my child, said that the bread does not belong to the children, it belongs to the children, does not belong to the dogs, all that. And at a point she said, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And then she worshipped. And after that, her child was healed. When John the Baptist's mother had the baby, the Bible says when the neighbors and friends of Elizabeth heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, they went to visit her. So healing, there's an element of mercy. And these days, most of my prayers come with mercy. When I'm sleeping in the night, I say, cover us with your mercy. Because your Bible, the Bible says that it is of the mercies of God that we are not consumed. So the scriptures bring a certain enlightening and a certain calming that only the scriptures can bring. The mercy of God. So now I just say, cover us with your mercy. When I'm traveling, I say, grant us journey mercies. We need journey mercies. There's faith. Of speaking into this, calling things which don't be other, so that your healing will come. But, you know, I like the easy way out. I just depend on his mercy. I just depend on his mercy. And if mercy can heal barrenness, which has been there chronically for many years, then mercy is a powerful thing. The mercy of God is a powerful thing. But you don't use it. There are so many weapons available to us. See, so his mercies that we are not consumed. So as the enemy is coming to consume you, his mercies fight for you. But you don't know it. How can you know your inheritance? How can you know what is available to you? Your weapons will always be carnal because you don't know what the spiritual arsenal should contain. The carnal woman, she fights all her battles with her emotions with her tears, with her mouth, with her feelings. I just feel in despair, hopeless, and then that's it. But by the prophecies. Prophecy is not only what a prophet is telling you. The Bible itself is a prophetic book. When the Lord says, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is a prophecy. That's God's heart to give you. When the Bible says, even you who are evil, you know how to give good things to your children. And when I look at myself, you know, I think about my children, their provision. I pray for God's help. I think about their future. And if I am so concerned and I am so evil, then how much more God? So I said, oh God, then you must have a good mind. And you must have a good plan that by them thou mightest wage a good warfare. A carnal woman uses carnal weapons. She uses even sometimes black magic. <laughs> I used to think that, oh, those things, I believe in them, but like, I felt that these days people are not really into it. But as we have gone along, I have seen that people are. And the Bible says that we are wrestling not against flesh and blood, 
against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. It is true. Because I think I told you, I don't know if it was this audience, about a brother who a sister brought to church. And then it's on our Kodesh camp last year or last two years. Last year. A sister brought him to church. And he gave his life to Christ and everything. Became born again. And then the sister, this same sister, started to sleep with him. Big time. And then as he learned the things of God, he got to know that, no, this is not right. And the lady was a very young lady, high school. So she was away in boarding school. So he wrote to her, oh, the Lord has convicted me about these things. So when you come, nothing like that will happen. And the sister came to his room. And that he was explaining to her. Now sometimes, brothers too, you do a lot of foolish things. Why do you have a discussion around a bed? Why? You know that she has slain you many times. Why do you... You do things that... I don't get it. I was just telling Bishop Saki, we were doing some counsel. I said to Bishop Saki, I said, brothers can do a lot of foolish things. And he said, and sisters can do a lot of devilish things. Because the brother had fallen into some sister's net. And he was saying that sisters are bad. They are also very devilish. So the girl said, eh. You say you are breaking up with me. It's not happening. It's not happening. And she, he said that the type of force that overcame him and even slept with him was more than... He's a man. But the type of force that came... So the girl went to school. The girl went to school again. And then came again on holiday and he told the girl, no, this time God has really spoken to me. And then they fought. I mean, physically, it was a fight and a struggle. But suddenly, the lady's eyes changed. They just became green. And her laughter. This one is not a Nigerian movie. Ha, 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 ha. The brother said, hey, who are you? The brother is in the Kodesh. I can show you. Hey, who are you? Ha, ha, ha. I am the princess of darkness. So the brothers, the foolish things that you do and the type of women that you bring into your life is pathetic. He struggled with the lady, but he couldn't believe it because somebody you've known, you sleep with, you don't know that, suddenly transformed. And again, she started to fight with him. But this time, he overpowered her. And then, she, the spirit also said, ha, 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 I've slept with your brother. I've slept with your best friend. I've slept... I tell you. Today, the brother is a strong minister of prayer. The sister is out of the church. But she brought him. But the fact that somebody brought you, 
does not mean she's spiritual. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. This time he had grown up as a Christian and was able to say that. And then another brother came this same meeting to also give a testimony. And he had some financial problems, whatever. He was told to go and walk in some forest. They went to walk in the forest. And then he was supposed to look for a certain man, live oh. And he was not supposed to call the man's name. He has to do in the bush. Alone in a thick, dense forest. And he traveled there. He was not in that region at all. He has to leave Obuasi to go to the western region because they have shown him that a man there can solve his, his financial problems. And then as he was doing wood, the, the night was go, coming. The sun was setting and he was alone. And then suddenly, he saw a very short man by him. And they had told him, the man would look like this. It's on, on, the, on the CD. It was a man, all right. And he said, what have you come for? So he said all his problems. And he had crossed rivers and things together. You see, some of you, the grace of God is cheap for you. But when people are in need, the, the lengths to which they will go. You know, but they are using carnal things and spiritual things, but from another perspective to fight. And the man said, well, you have to go back and get a sheep. After all his travels and his journeys, he had to go back. He went back, came back again, found the man. He was the only man like a hermit with a hat in the middle of the forest. And the man bathed him with the blood of the sheep. And did so many rituals, cut parts of his body and all that. And then he left. But he says that when he went, he had respite for a few days. After that, all his troubles returned. So out of desperation, he was just flipping through the TV channels and then he saw Bishop preaching. When he saw Bishop preaching, he saw also a large crowd. He said that, ah, how come such a crowd is following such a man? And after that, they made an announcement that, come to church today. Get to North Kaneshi, near Malcolm. Get down and then come. So he decided to come. And today he's born again. Sound. I think he's even a shepherd in the church. So all that, I knew that the, the evil world existed, but it opened my eyes more. That is just here. It's right there. It's not far. You know, and he said that since he gave his life to Christ, the type of peace and respite that he has had, that's not what he had. And he has not had to buy sheep for blood to be poured for this, so many of you, like Pastor Gustav was saying, when you were going to the club, you were paying gate fee without talking. You don't say, that I had this club too. Why are they charging? And you feel that they should charge. And you feel that you have got a good return for your money. But when it is a conference, then you have a problem. Are ye not carnal? Are ye not carnal? And walk as men. So the spiritual world is real. And sometimes God opens our eyes so that we can see. And as these people were all speaking, I said, hey, so if also God calls you to start a church 
and you don't obey him. And all these people are supposed to hear the word that God has put in your mouth. For them to be saved, then heaven will not be easy. A carnal woman fights with carnal weapons. Galatians 5.19. And I'm ending. Please, the brothers, don't let the princess of darkness. You see, you are led by bust hips and all sorts. The Bible says, flee youthful lusts. And instead of fleeing, you are rather creating an enabling environment. You know that you have some feelings for this sister. Instead of not bringing her to the bedroom, every day you are bringing her to your house and to your bedroom. And there's nobody there too. Why do you put confidence in the flesh? So much. Why? And then when you feel so lady reverend, that's not what I meant to do. And look. I was telling Bishop that, you know, when this brother, I said, don't be lavedos, this person. I told Bishop that, ah, but can't he see? Now the person is not ready. The person is not spiritual enough. And not, can he not see? Bishop said, we don't see you. <laughs> I said, I don't get it. Can't he see? What is it? We don't see you. I said, hey, then it's very serious, which is what I also tell Bishop Saki. You know, and I always say it in fact, I said, men, they do so many foolish things. Women, they do so many devilish things. <laughs> Galatians 5 is 19. Let's read 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, maybe indifferences, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Have you seen that all the three things that Paul talked about are works of the flesh? Strife, enviance, divisions. They are all works of the flesh. And it's not only works of the unbeliever's flesh. Everybody's flesh. Everybody's flesh can manifest all these things. And that's why Paul said, I keep my body under and I make it serve me. Lest after preaching Christ, not before, after I myself may be a castaway. <laughs> now let me ask you, have you written more than half of the New Testament? Have you been to the third heavens? Have you met Jesus on the road to Damascus? 
Have people have your shadow fall upon them and then they have been healed? Have you written powerful epistles like Corinthians, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians? Have you done any such thing? And yet the person who has done all these things, he said that I keep my body under. And you, your little body. Paul's great body, cry, he keeps it under. <laughs> then you, your little body, you have not gone to any even first heavens before you get to the third. You are just floating on the surface of heaven. You have not even entered the first heavens. And you don't take any care about your flesh. If we don't take dominion over the flesh, the flesh will rule us. And all these works are not the works of the unbeliever's flesh. It's just the works of the flesh. Amen. And we are all capable of all these manifestations. But if we are to overcome carnality as women, we need to put our bodies under. Because the body is the vehicle of carnality. It's the carrier of carnality. And we need to be able to put it under. Why is it under? Because it's always trying to come up. It's always trying to rule you. It's always trying to dictate to you. And that's why I even say to people, before you decide, that this is the one I would like to marry. This is the one I would... Look, make sure that emotionally you are afar. Because you can use emotions to decide. And you will say it's the spirit of God. As Bishop Adi said, some people only hear the call of God when they are offended. Before you are offended, God hasn't called you to go and do any ministry. But as soon as you get offended, you hear the voice of God. The works of the flesh. We need to keep our body under. Don't let the body lead you. Don't let the body dictate to you. The flesh will disgrace you. The flesh will cut your ministry short. The flesh will take honor from you and put in place dishonor. It can destroy your destiny. Amen. We overcome carnality. By not walking after the flesh, but walking after the spirit. It means that the flesh would like to walk with you, but always say, no, I'd rather walk with the spirit than with you, this flesh. You're always inviting me for a walk, but I'm not coming. I'm going this other way. And many of us, we fall into things of the flesh because we don't use wisdom. You see, the psalmist said, I saw a young man void of understanding, going down some Dark road, twilight, by the strange woman's house. In the corner of the house, you know. You are going in the night. Most bad things happen in the night. And you are going near her house. A place where it's very convenient to sin. And then when you finish, say, Lady Reverend, I don't know how I fell. I know how. I know how. Because the Bible didn't say negotiate. The Bible said flee. You see, one of our pastors told me, I was at a PFI. I went to have a daughter in their city. We had PFI. And he told me that he went to visit his sheep. And the sheep had said, oh, pastor, come. I really need for us to discuss something. So he went. And then when, when he went, he knocked and the sheep said, come in. And when he went in, the sheep was lying on her bed, topless, topless. So I got up and I said, 
what? So what did you do? Oh, I sat by her and opened the Bible. I said, shall we share? I said, I cannot, I cannot believe it. I cannot that you did, I cannot believe you did this foolish thing. He said, oh, when I saw her, then I felt that she needed help. Uh, so, Thank God that nothing happened. But sometimes we play into the hand of the enemy. The Bible didn't say, stand there and even have a Bible study. He said, flee. Joseph fled from Potiphar's wife and even left his coat. And you, you are rather building a tabernacle. Hey, I really insulted him. I didn't tell him he was foolish though. But I, I said, hey. I don't know how to do so. Then the wife said, Lady Reverend, I'm glad that you are the one saying this. Oh, he has been arguing with me. <laughs> arguing with me. That the word of God is not bound. It must have free course. <laughs> Though we walk in the flesh, we, we do not war after the flesh. And finally, Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The carnal woman. Romans chapter 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, or if you like, the word of God. Neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Your mindset shows how carnal you are. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. I want to show you something. It's quite a common verse. I read a lot at daughter conferences. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. Now go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. I want to show you something. Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree, fruit tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything that God had created for them was already pleasant to their eyes and was already good for food. But in the time of temptation, she became carnally minded about the tree that she was not supposed to touch. But all the other trees were already good for food and pleasant to the eyes. But she had not noticed that. 
But it is when Satan embellished it with, you know, his suggestions that now she became carnally minded and she saw the forbidden tree rather as good for food and pleasant to the eyes. But everything that God made, every tree he made was pleasant to the sight already and good for food. And both you and I continue to walk in that deception. Many times God has already given us what we are fighting for by wrong means. God has already provided for us in the garden that which is good to the sight, pleasant to the sight and good for food. But because our desires are so carnal and our minds are so carnal, it transforms what we are seeing into something that we don't have. But it is a deception. I don't know if you understand. God will give you a wife and say that her body belongs to you. But you will see a shrimp somewhere. And then, because your mind is not working properly, your whole sight is transformed. He say, ah, this is good to the sight and good for food. But he had already given you that already. But you are not seeing his provision. Carnal-mindedness affects your vision. It affects your view. It affects your perspective. And when that is affected, your mind is the battlefield. When your mind has been taken over, then whatever agenda Satan has can come to pass. That is why Romans 8, 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. As soon as Eve became carnally minded, she died. She died. But when you think spiritually, in accordance with the things, think like God. What he says is good, let that be good to your mind. What he says, flee from, flee from it because you agree with his thinking. What he says is not good for you, stay away from it because you agree with his thinking. You agree with his judgment. That's why the Bible says the judgments of the Lord are true. When it says this is good, this is bad, this is this, this. agree with him. So that you will have life and peace. But if you decide to be carnally minded, it will be death for you. When my husband was coming into the ministry many years ago, if God had not given me the mind to be spiritually minded, you and I would not be here today. And sometimes what you are destroying, you are destroying your own destiny and your own life, but you don't know. So what is being built for you, you see, by releasing him into ministry and all that, my ministry has also been released. My destiny has also been, and my calling has been expressed like a meeting like this. But if he had not obeyed God, we wouldn't have had a branch here for me to be standing here to preach. But we just look at our comforts and our here and now. So no, don't go to England to start any church. The children are young. No, don't go to any Geneva to whatever. But... Whatever he is doing, if you will be spiritually minded about it, you shall eat the good of the land. That's how God works. You will eat the good of the land if you are spiritually minded. And spiritually mindedness, spiritual mindedness is not always easy. Once I told the church in Geneva, I said, you people, 
You were slandering us at a point and whatever. That time the beast had left. But I was just saying, when the church was being started, that's when I had an accident with my two young children. That's when armed robbers came to my house. And all of that, I was alone. My car was destroyed. I couldn't move. Everything. I had to take trot, trot, taxi with my two children here and there. My husband was three months in Geneva, staying in a hostel. A hostel where different types and funny types of people stay. Because that was the beginning of the church. And he had to give something to do it. And in the midst of all that, this was happening in Ghana. And how I wished that he were by my side. But I thank God for the mind. Because God made me see even at that tender age that this is my will for him. Allow him to do it. You are lonely. You are crying. But don't let that influence your decisions and your actions. Let the spirit of God take over your mind. The way you think. The way you calculate things. And the way you decide. Let the spirit of God take over. So that you will have life. And you have peace. The carnal mind is at enmity with God. Whatever God says, you have the opposite mind. That is the sign of carnality. Because what God had said, Eve had a different mind about the tree. Satan said he knows that when you eat of it, you will be like him. But he had already made you in his image. He had already made you. Rather, when you ate the tree, you fell from being in the image of God. But Satan told you, oh, the reason why he's saying that is really because he doesn't want you to be that. When you become like him, you know, you will be like God. But you, are, you were already made in his image. He breathed into your nostrils and you became a living soul. What else do you want? But the mind was not working properly. The mind is our battlefield. To be carnally minded is death. It may not be physical, but it's death. It's not life-giving. It doesn't, it doesn't bring forth life. It brings forth death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Even in your strife, in your differences, you can decide to be spiritually minded about it. I told you yesterday, the Bible says, be pitiful. Sometimes when some people manifest, I say, oh, you don't know any better. You even feel pity. Some people, I don't feel anger. I rather feel pity. They are like pigs in the mud. They rub themselves. They don't know how to come out. So they manifest in some ways. And I don't get angry. I feel pity. Oh, it's so sad. You know? Some people are destroying their marriages. You can see. And you are telling them and they can't help it. Like the madman of Gadara. They are just cutting themselves. Cutting themselves. You are telling them about the mind. It's not working properly. You just feel pity. Not anger, not even condemnation, but pity. But with the madman of Gadara, as soon as he was clothed in his right mind, everything changed. Our minds are the battlefield. Our minds are fertile grounds. And we must allow them to be spiritual so that you and I can have life and peace. Stand to your feet, please. We want to pray. We want to ask God for the right mind. We want to ask him to deliver us from carnality. So that he can speak to us as unto spiritual.
and not as unto carnal or unto babes. We want to be spiritually minded. We have sought financial things. All our things are investments, money, future, this and that, security, comfort. But those things cannot last. But the things of God, they are eternal and they last. Pray to God to deliver us from carnality. Pray to God. Father, deliver us from every form of carnality. We have made decisions by the flesh. We have been led by fleshly desires and worldly desires. We have not been led by your word. We are not subject to your word. We are not submitted to your word. But tonight, make us spiritual women. Make us spiritual men. Read us of every carnality because it will lead us to death. And give us spiritual perspectives. We have been worldly. Our whole minds, our whole goals, all our ambitions are based on this world. But the world and all its wishes are passing away. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord.
have used our time, our energy, and our drive for just physical things, carnal things, non-spiritual things. This evening, we are changing. We are cooperating with you, Holy Spirit. We are becoming spiritual. We are becoming spiritually minded. We are receiving life and peace, Lord. We are seeking the things of your kingdom so that you will add everything else. Oh, thank you for the spiritual people you are raising tonight. We leave every carnality at your altar. For the last time, bread of heaven and lift up your hands. Oh, every fleshly tendency is leaving you. Every carnal bondage is leaving us. We are walking in the realm of the spirit. We are being spiritually minded. Bread of heaven. Please deliver us from the deceptions of this world. Deliver us from worldliness, Lord. says, I'm crucified with Christ. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave his life for me. I pray that we will become more spiritual. I pray that we'll be able to rise above this flesh, its desires and its drives. I pray that, Lord, we will look the other way. We will invest in the kingdom. We will invest our time our energy, our zeal, our desires into our walk with you and our relationship with you. Thank you that you are changing our mindset. We are being delivered from carnal mindedness and we are becoming spiritually minded. Thank you, Lord, that this flesh shall not rule us, but we through the Spirit will mortify the flesh and its members. We will not make any provision for the flesh, O oh God, from henceforth. Because you will give us the grace, the ability, and the power to walk, not as mere men, but as spiritual. Thank you that you can now entrust to us things that you have not entrusted to us all this time. And we'll be able to bear it because we will become spiritual people. We give you thanks. May our walk with you be sweeter. May our walk with you deepen. May our walk with you be closer, Lord. And above all, may your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi. Or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 243 0243- one eight seven nine zero zero. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.